0: And welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast, where we desire to see a world transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, you can send a message to info at MyCrossroads.co. Now, let's get our hearts and minds ready for a powerful message from God's Word. Good morning, everybody. And good morning to those who are watching online right now Around the country and around the world We're really glad that you are part of the Crossroads family today Uh, Thanks for your prayers last week I was in... um I was at a speaking a, at a youth conference, and uh, and it was just amazing. So just saw so many salvations, so many people, uh, kids come uh, come back to God, and and just some uh, a lot of lives changed. So thank you for all those uh, those prayers. Today we uh, we end a series that we've been doing all summer that's been called "When Pigs Fly." So somebody gave me this actually the very first after the very first message. So I'm going to do this here. Let's see if this works. So we do at Crossroads we really do believe in miracles and we believe that out that pigs fly you ready youth oh my goodness there we go <laughs> <laughs> So we've been talking about different things about miracles of provision and miracles of uh, of, 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 of healing and miracles of deliverance and miracles of, of protection and things. We're going to end with a, a miracle today that uh, that is a miracle of provision. I love you know so many stories in the Bible we could be talking about. We could ta- be talking about the uh, the uh, manna being you know given to the children of Israel in the wilderness. We could be talking about quail doing that. We could be talking about the feeding of the five thousand. We're going to be ta- touching on that one a little bit, but we're going to be talking talking about a story that I love the story I think it's a precious story in the in the word of God and it's a story about a uh, a prophet a single mom and her and her son and let's start out with just talking about the prophet The prophet's name was Elijah He was an incredibly mighty man of God That God used in, in powerful, powerful ways And one time God told him I want you to prophesy and say That there's going to be no, no more rain for, for several years And he did exactly what God told him to do And then God said I'm going to take care of you I want you to go to a brook And there I'm going to take care of you with, uh, First with birds and, and so God fed him with ravens And I don't know how that went I hope it wasn't this you know, that kind of thing. That, was, that would have been kind of gross. But, uh, but, the, but then after that, the brook dried up and said, now I'm going to take care of you in a different way. Two weird ways that God took care of him. One was with, uh, a, uh, with uh, birds, and the other now is, is with a widow. Let's take a look at this, this widow. She was from Zarephath, which means she wasn't even an Israelite. God, had, God sent uh, Elijah to somebody who may not have even been a believer in God whatsoever at that, uh, at that time. And this widow was in desperate, desperate situations. She was a single mom trying to raise a child in an agrarian society where it had not rained for three years. And because of that, there was a, a famine, Now, in our country, we don't even know the name of that word famine. Because here's what happened. We know what an economic downturn looks like. We know what a recession looks like. We had that about 10, 11 years ago. We even know what a depression looks like in our country. We don't know what a famine looks like. A famine means there is no food anywhere and people are dying right and left all around you because there is no food to be found whatsoever. And this is the the situation that she finds herself and she finds herself raising her son in. So let's take a look at that. With that in mind, we go, to, we go to 1 Kings chapter 17. If you have a Bible, turn there. It says this, starting with verse 7. Sometime later, that's after he, uh, Elijah had been fed by ravens, the brook, brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, talking about Elijah, go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. Now he asks this lady a very simple question and then a bodacious question. Here's the simple question. He said, please, or a request, please bring me some water and some bread. Listen to her response. I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. That's a desperate situation. This is her last meal that she has food for, and she's thinking, this is it. We're going to eat this. We're going uh, we're to we're die. And then, with that in mind, listen to this bodacious request that Elijah says. He says, uh, Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. And I want you to think of those words. Don't be afraid. I want you to put those on the back burner because we're going to bring those out again later on in our message. He said this, go home and do as you've said, but first... Make a small cake of bread for me from what you have, uh, have, have and bring it to me. Then you make something for yourself and your son. He's saying give to God first. Now, understand something. He's not making a request knowing that she's going to die if he does this, if she does this. He's making a request. He's saying this knowing that if she does what he says, she's going to position herself in a better way. She's going to position her in herself where she is going to partner with the God of heaven, the God who is bigger than a recession, the God who's bigger than a famine, the God who's bigger than any economy. She's going to partner with that, and she's going to end up way better on the other side if she simply does what Elijah says. And notice that the, it says, give to God first. The sequence is significant. Sequence is very significant. You know that and I know that. It's because sequence says this. It's a matter of priority. It states our, it states our, our we honor with, uh, with, with things, who, what we go first and things like that. You think about this. If somebody offers you the very end of some popcorn, how does that make you feel? I mean, you look down there, you see just a few kernels here. Have the rest of this. And you're looking at that, and it looks like wood shavings at the end and everything, and you're going, and, and you are going, seriously? This is, this is it? Thank you, thank you. Appreciate that a lot. Or they give you the end of their Coca-Cola, right? They said, hey, you can have the rest if you want. Now, what is the rest? The rest is nothing but backwash, right? It is 90% spit. And they're saying, here, you can have that. Thank you very much. Man, that blesses me. Does that bless you when somebody gives you the last of anything? But let me ask you this how does it honor you when somebody gives you the first of something when they give you the first of the, uh, the piece of pie or the, or the cake when they give you the first of the, of the soft drink or, or anything don't you feel honored don't you feel blessed? Don't you feel like, wow, man, that was, that was sweet that they gave that to, to me first. Maybe God feels the same way. In fact, he says this. He commands us to put him first in our finances just like he told the widow uh, of Zarephath to do it for him. If you don't know, uh, know this principle, there's a principle called first fruit tithing, and I could spec a whole message on that. I'm not going to. I'm just gonna give one verse of, of a lot that we could give. Here it is in Leviticus. It says, a tithe of everything, of everything, belongs to the Lord and it is holy to the Lord so in mean, tithing what we're about to talk about is is holy to God this is not just a little thing this is something that is very very important to, to God and this is something also that Jesus, Jesus affirmed in the New Testament and I can guarantee you guarantee you guarantee you 100% that Jesus tithed because he was a young Jew in those days and that's exactly what you did so when we follow Jesus this is part of that and it's not only just any old 10% it's the first 10% In Exodus, it says this, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring to the house of the Lord your God. And remember, the sequence is significant. Listen to this, what it says. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your uh, your life. Tithing is a very tangible way to say, God, you're first. You're the most important thing to me. It's a very tangible way to say that. It's literally putting your money where your mouth is of what's the most important thing in your life. Now, here's what a lot of people would ask. Why would God, who has everything, why would God need my money? Well, here's the first thing is, it's not your money. It's not my money. It's not our money. It's God's money. Everything, everything, everything belongs to God. And when we understand this, it changes our life. This is one of the first significant steps we can ever understand is we are are not the owner of anything. We are the manager of everything that God has given us. Uh, psalm 24 says this the earth is the lord's okay the earth is the lord's and everything in it is the is the lord's the world and all who live in it not only is the earth the lord's everything in it is and we are we're totally god's property And, and god you may say this well wait a second i'm the one who worked hard for that i'm the one who did that well yeah but who gave you the opportunity who gave you the ability? Who gave you the health? Who gave you the life? Our, very, our next breath is on loan to us from, uh, from, from God. And here's the thing, that when we pass that, we understand this. That God isn't asking us to give him 10% of our money. He's letting us keep 90% of his money. It's an incredibly generous thing instead of, and that's why we don't go, God doesn't want our money, we're giving him back some of his. And here's something really important to understand. Please hear this, because this is something that affected my life in a big way when I understood this principle when I was reading the Bible one time. And, and it says in, in Malachi that if we do not return to God the tithe that he asked for, God says this, that we're ripping him off, that we're stealing from, from God. And I don't know about you, but that gets my attention. Because imagine this: imagine that you're sitting there, and somebody is, uh, and you're watching the, the offering plate go by, and somebody reaches in to, uh, to to grab it. Not somebody sitting next to you, but they reach in and grab the money and put it in their put it in their pocket. What would you think as you saw that? Wouldn't you think, "Wow, man, that is that's gutsy. I mean, that's bold. That's that's cold, right?" Because that's God's money. That's the money that could be used and should be used for, you know, reaching people for Christ and making a difference and investing in the kingdom of God. And you just took money out of God's hands. Whoo! And I bet you'd maybe say something if you saw that. But God says in His Word that it is no different from us not putting or taking something out than not putting things in that we're supposed to put put in. And something else is it's a. And you know what? For me. That did it right there for tithing. It wasn't a matter of just, you know, I mean, there's, you know, I want to honor God. I want to say thanks to him with my money. I want to to be obedient to him. But man, when I thought about actually ripping God off, I'm going, okay, I'm done. No more excuses. This is it. Years and years ago. And Elijah did this. He, He didn't say just do this. There's a promise blessing. Hear this promise blessing that he says to this lady. He says, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the the land. And God gives us a blessing as well. He says this, Honor the Lord from your wealth, from the first fruit of your crops. Then, because of that, your barns will be filled with overflowing and your vats will brim with new wine. He said, if you give to me first, here's what's gonna happen. Not only will you be provided for, you're gonna be blessed abundantly. And listen to the verse from Malachi. Malachi. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. There was actually a place in the temple where where you put the tithes. So there would be enough food in my temple. If you do this, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. How does that sound to you? I will pour out a blessing so great that you will not have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. This is the only time God will ever tell us to, t- to put him to the test. Every other time, it's a, it's, it's a sign of unbelief when we put him to the test. Here's a sign of faith that we have to, and he says, put him to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fa- fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And can, can I say something that just, because I care for you and I want the best for you, I hear people say this. Okay, I give 10% of my income away, but I, I give it wherever I, wherever I want. And, and that sounds good in everything, but God is extremely specific where he tells us to bring the tithe. I don't know if you know that. Here's two verses. The, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Malachi says this. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. What is the modern-day equivalent of the house of God? What is the modern-day equivalent of the, of the temple? God is really specific there, so let's put this in something maybe you can understand. If a king came up to you and said, I want, to give you, I want you to, to take this, the, these resources and I want to give you, them, you to give them to the mayor of this one, of this one village. I want you to take, take this because I care about them and I care what happens to them and I want you to do this for me. And you take that, but then you don't do what he says. You give it to other places and everything and he, you come back and he says, did you do what I said? And you say, well, the good news is I gave it all away. But the bad news is, you know, I I gave it, I saw somebody on the side of the road, I saw this, and I I just, I give it where I thought it would be best used and where I thought it would be most appropriate. And what would he say to you? Would he say to you, okay, no problem, you know, just, you know, don't worry about the village over, over there. Or would he say, you know, would he say, wait a second, I gave it to you for a specific reason. I didn't give it to you so you could make a decision on what to do with it. I gave it to you and gave you a specific place for to do it and how much to to do. And something else is, is this, is remember, Jesus calls the church his bride. He loves it warts and all, craziness and all. It's his bride, and he cares very much what happens to his bride. And he's saying, when we do this, when we tithe, when we give to, to, to God's church, it's taking care of his bride. I don't know about you, that gets my attention too. That means this, that when I tithe, when you tithe, it's saying to God, I really care about your bride. I really care about who you, what you care about, Jesus, because he died for his bride, we should care about it too. But if we withhold from that, what are we saying there too? We're saying, what is the statement we're making to Jesus about his bride? What, we're, what are we making? If we're saying, I'm not giving it to that, but I'm giving it to other, other things instead. Now, here's something else that I've, uh, that I've heard. I've heard people say this, that I donate my time to, to the church and other places, so that's kind of my tithe. Sh- show me where that is in Scripture. I mean, please tell me where that is there. Is that something we're just making up just to feel better? Or that's not in the word of God. And something else, too, that I, that I think about there is there are people we mistake tithes and offerings tithes is where you give the first 10% of whatever you make to God in the specific place where he told told us to do it an offering is we give it anything else that's left over we give anywhere we want we feel this cause we love this cause so we give to this cause we meant God touches our heart in this so we give to that we feel like we're supposed to do something that somebody gives a we see a person in need and we give to that that's called an an offering now Sylvia and I we give our first uh, 10% goes straight off the top I don't even see it before it goes straight in a, you know, into to the church before I even see it because I want the first thing to be given to God. I want my first ten percent to be given to God. And we also support a lot of other things that we really believe in. We really believe in missions, so we support missionaries. We really believe in 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 blessing people that are un, more unfortunate than us. We give to we support a, a compassion child. We give to other things as we see needs. And 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 so you should give to that. Definitely give to to those to mission organizations. So when we have missionary go out and give to those. It's really, really important that we do that. But we give our tithe to crossroads. You know why? Because that's where God told us to do that, right? And so God says, we're gonna put the tithe where God says, not where I feel like it, and we're gonna give the amount that God says to, to give in that as, as well. And I want you to, to so I, I didn't say that to brag. I said that to let you know that I'm smoking what I'm selling, right? I mean, I want you to know that we do that. In fact, this, my kids, when our kids were growing up, we we gave them this little bank that immediately we wanted to teach them about tithing in that and so the first ten percent we always had to go in this in the the god the, the thing little shaped like a church then we gave the next ten percent that was shaped like a bank we said you want we want you the next ten percent you put in to, for yourself and the next ten for savings and the next ten percent do whatever you want to with that but you know why I did that we wanted to instill that in the heart of our children for for this because I wanted them to be blessed I wanted them to partner with God I wanted them to never rip God off I wanted them to be in on what God says to to do to be obedient to God to show God that he's the priority in their life and if I want that for my kids of course I want that for you and if I want that for my friends I talked to my friends about this around the around the country that a couple of them were saying you know what we don't talk so man do it we're not ever going to receive anything that's not nothing self self uh, you know about that coming back to us I want that for my friends I want them to be blessed I want them to partner with God I want that, and what kind of a pastor would I be if I knew this was possible, and this is a way to bless God, be obedient, and receive a, a bounty from God as, as well, and not say that to, to us. Um, Elijah told the woman to give to God first, and don't miss this, the miracle of what we just talked about hinged on her doing something. In fact, think about what we've, what we've talked about this whole series. It seems like they do something, somebody does something before the miracle opens up. That somebody that, that the woman reached out to touch the hem of jesus 's garment and then she was healed that Paul and Silas pr- uh, praised God in the middle of their cell and then the doors went open that, the Je- uh, Jehoshaphat and the people fasted and prayed and then the the army was defeated and there's something here that she gave first to God and then it opened up something for uh, for for her and this is a, a story of one person in our church we could do dozens and dozens maybe even hundreds of other people of, that have been changed by this and here 's one person's testimony my name is
1: sam gomez and this is my testimony as a typical family we were living paycheck to paycheck you know my, my wife was a stay-at-home mom taking care of the kids raising the kids we did not have the money um, we were sitting in church and she decided to she asked me if we should write the check and i told her yes she told me we didn't have the money and i told her not to worry about it. That it would work out and it would be just fine. That's when she wrote the check for the first time, her first type, and um, as I travel a lot, I left on Monday to go to to go to another state, and uh, she called me several times that day. and I missed the call, I uh, got back to her that afternoon, and she was crying, and that's when she told me that I was concerned about the kids, something happened to the kids. She said no, nothing, the kids were fine, that she had gotten something in the mail. Of course, my first concern was a bill or something else. And that's when we went ahead and um, continued to talk. She told me that it was a check that we had gotten from when I had injured my leg, um, three years, four houses later, um, for the amount of the tithing is the check the reimbursement we got. So I think at that point, we knew that it was no longer a question whether or not we were going to tithe. It became a, a weekly commitment. Um, it, was, it felt good to know that no matter what the circumstance was, that the Lord was going to provide for us. Before we started tithing, it was just a matter of just giving a gift, what we thought was a gift. And now it's more of a commitment. Um, I believe it's more faith today than ever before. Uh, I don't think that I ever saw it that way. Tell you, since I've tied my uh, my finances have changed significantly, and uh, money is no longer a concern for me. So, so I look at it like like this: we're so quick to be willing to give money into our four hundred one k. Think about every week we all get to our four hundred one k, and uh, having faith that the market or the stocks are going to provide for us when we retire. I look at my tithe as God's 401k. Okay? And I know that there's going to be no greater reward or return of my tithe than the Lord's 401k. Lord, okay? I mean, all I can say is that my, my finances are significantly different today than they've ever been. And I give all glory to God.
0: This widow had a decision to make. And it's a hard decision, wasn't it? I mean, she could either say, I'm putting my first, myself first or God first. I'm going to either uh, obey the word of the Lord or I'm not. I'm going to trust in my resources or I'm going to trust in God's resources. And I bet something went through her mind. I bet it's the same thing that goes through your mind and my mind when we first talk about this. And that's this, if I do that, what's going to happen to me? Doesn't that go through our mind? And here's what, uh, you know, what, what I want us to, to think about there too is, is um, you know that, you know, when we, when we give in, in, in tithing or we're about to, to do that, there's the question of, um, sorry about that. Uh, I bet the thing that's ruling our decision to not to question whether to do that or not, if we know to, to tithe or not, and, we, and we wrestle with that, I bet that's the decision. But remember the three words that we said said, so don't be afraid. And maybe God would speak to some of you right now that are listening to me uh, online or here, and God's saying the same thing to you. As you do that, trust in me. As you do it, to, you know, don't be afraid because watch what happens when you actually do that. Because tithing is a lot like farming, isn't it? What it happens is you have something in your hand right now, and you can either do what you have with that or you can trust in a principle, and that's the principle of sowing and reaping, that when you put something in, you're gonna get more out than you put in. And it's a principle that's uh, a, a godly principle. And you may say, well, I don't give to get, and we shouldn't. I don't think that should be our primary motive. I think obedience and, and gratitude and things like that should be our primary motives. But here's the thing, that, that God set up a principle, and you can't outgive him. When you put something in, when you plant in the kingdom of God, he's going to give you more than you, give, than, you put, than you put in. And many, many, many of us in here can testify to, uh, to that. But here's the thing, that tithing takes, or uh, farming takes faith, and it's like when you put something in the ground, you're believing that something, that more, a bounty is going to come out. I came across this story and just want to read this. Many years ago, a weary traveler hiked for miles across the desert with the hot sun beating down on his back. His water supply was gone, and he knew that if he didn't find water soon to quench his thirst, he would surely die in the distance he spotted a deserted cabin which brought hope that maybe water was to be found there he made his way to the cabin and discovered an old well he frantically pumped the handle of the well to draw water but all that came out of the pump was dust then he noticed a tin can tied to the pump with a note inside the note said dear stranger this pump is all right as of June 1932 I put a new sucker washer in it and it should last for quite a few years but the washer dries out and the pump needs to be primed "'Under the white rock, I buried a jar of water "'out of the sun and corked up. "'There is enough water in it to prime the pump, "'but not if you drink it first. "'Pour about a quarter of the water into the pump "'and let her soak for a moment to wet the leather washer. "'Then pour the rest medium fast and pump hard. "'You'll get water, have faith. "'This well is never run dry. "'When you get watered up, fill the bottle "'and put it back as you found it "'for the next stranger who comes, comes this way.' Signed Desert Pete. What would you do if that was that? What would you do if you were in that situation? What would you do? Would you, you know, would you, would you drink the water or would you prime the pump? And what time thing is too? It's it's priming the pump. It's giving to God first. That believing that God's going to do more and take care of us in return. And I want to say this. I want to say this. Satan will do everything he can to keep you from doing what we're talking about today. He will absolutely do everything. Why? Because he does not want you furthering the kingdom of God. He does not want you trusting in God. He does not want you expressing your, uh, that, he's, that God is a priority in your life. He does not want you blessed. He, does, he wants you ripping God off. He doesn't want, so, so think about it. He's going to do everything he can to keep you from doing what we're talking about. And he's going to lie to us in the process. And I'll tell you two big lies that he does. The first lie is, is this, that we're going to position ourselves greater if we, take, if we withhold from God than if we give to God. And let me ask you the question, is that true of this lady? Would she have positioned herself better if she kept that food for herself, for her, she and her son, or if she gave it? I mean, what, what we have to realize is putting it in the hands of a God who owns everything, who owns the, thou, the cattle on a thousand hills, who's bigger than any economy, we position ourselves better to partner with God than to get away from him and do things in, on our own. The second thing that we do a lot of times, the lie, is we say, I can do more with 100% than God can do with 90%. Let's take a look at another, at another little passage of Scripture, and that's the, the feeding of the 5,000. When there was a little boy, in his, and all he had was a sack lunch, he had five loaves and two fish. That's all he had. And there were 5,000 men to feed. That means there were probably between ten and 20,000 people to feed, counting women and children. And, and, and they asked for him to give his, that to, to Jesus. Now, again, I bet you things went through his mind. I bet you he thought, well, if I give you this, what's going to happen to me in return? Now, remember, what you had is all the disciples said if we pull everything we've got, all of our human resources together, we're not going to give everybody enough to have one bite. But in the hands of Jesus Christ, not only the Bible says was everybody fed, but there were 12 baskets left over. And I bet you, man, if I'm one of those disciples, I'm giving this guy, this young man, a doggy bag he'll never forget, right? And so you think about that. We position ourselves better to to partner ourselves. God can do more with 1% than all of us together can do with 500%, right? You can't outgive God. Something else is, uh, too, is the result of their faith. I love this. The result of their faith, her faith and obedience. She had provision, blessing, and impact. And let me ask you this Do you want those things in your life? Provision, blessing, and impact. This is what would happen as a result of hers. She said this, she went away and did as Elijah told her. I love that. She's my hero just for that one one part right there. So, circle that in your mind. So, because in other words, what's about to happen is, is a result of her doing what she did. She believed God. She went away and did as Elijah told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Look at what God accomplished through this. He took care of the widow, He took care of her family. He took care of Elijah. Everybody wins as she's obedient to God. She wins. And not just, they, they didn't win for just a moment, for one meal. She had meals for the rest of the famine. She was taken care of for that all because she obeyed God in that. Everybody wins. How about the impact? I want you to think about this, the, the, the widow, that from that moment on, when she saw Elijah doing all the amazing things that Elijah did, I mean, all the miracles, she can go, I had a part in that. I have an investment in that because I, I took care of him. God used me to take care of him and, and he wouldn't be there if, that wasn't, if, if it weren't for, for God using me, little old me, to take care of him in that. So everything that he did from that moment on, she had an investment in that you know what else how about this how about the little boy with the, with the loaves and fish can you imagine what it felt like to him hand that over and watch and watch 5,000 10, 20,000 people being fed all because he gave that away to Jesus Christ and he's going man God used me to do that here's something that I think I love it I love it I love it when I read about what God's or hear about what God's doing around the world you know what it blesses me even more it blesses me when I had a part in that right? It blessed me when, when I was part of the team. It blessed me even more when I was the one that gave or gave to that to that thing. And I realized I had an investment in that. And you know, my, my dad, I used to ask him every time I went on a mission trip, I'd say, Dad, please give to this. And I know my dad didn't have much money at all. But I wanted him to give. And sometimes I remember one time it was just a check for $25 because that's all he had. And I remember but I, but I wanted him to give and invest in that. Here's why. Because I wanted there, I knew there would be thousands of people someday in the kingdom of God that would come up to my dad and said you gave to that didn't you and they'd say thank you thank you thank you for giving and I wanted my dad in on that investment and the same thing with every time every time you hear a testimony from here every time you hear a testimony of, of the 50 some kids that came to faith in Jesus Christ at Vacation Bible School or or, or lives that were touched or changed or, or people that were reconciled to each other or the children that were blessed children that were taught today or youth that were taught and what the youth did on mission trips or any mission trip that went out there you have a part in that you have an investment there's going to come a day that someday you go to, to heaven and, and people are going to go running up to you and say you gave didn't you thank you thank you thank you for giving because it changed my life forever i'm a christian now i'm in heaven now because you because you gave and you know i thought there's something that i never thought of before there's only four things that are going to last forever outside of god and the angels the kingdom of god the church of jesus christ the word of god and people See, only four things that are gonna last forever. Every other investment you could ever make is gonna, is gonna wash away someday. But think about, right this, that, that every week we have an opportunity to give to the kingdom of God, to further the kingdom of God. We have an opportunity to give to the house of God, to the bride of, of, of Christ. We have an opportunity to give where people's lives are changed and sometimes changed for e- eternity. And we have a chance to give every time so that the word of God can be proclaimed in here, around this church, around our community, around the world, and people who are watching us right now. What greater investment could we make with, our, uh, with, with that? And I'd like us just to bow our head for a moment. God has given us Everything we need to do everything God wants us to do as a church, that's the good news. The bad news is that sometimes there's people that hold on to that. But there's a way that everybody wins, that you win, your family wins, and everybody else wins around as we're simply obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ in a tithe. And here's something that I I just felt I was supposed to just say, I believe there's a 100 people that are listening to me today Maybe it's 100 families, maybe it's 100 couples, maybe it's 100, but just saying that you're taking a step of faith today. And you're going to say, I'm stepping across the line. I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to put you to the test and I'm going to start tithing from this moment on. I made that decision many, many decades ago and I've never looked back. I've never, ever, ever been sorry for that decision. And one thing I've seen is God is faithful to His Word and I want that for you too. I don't want to say this. I'm not trying to do this to manipulate or to to, to guilt or anything. I'm saying this because it is the Word of God and I want you to be blessed. I want you to partner with God. I don't want you to rip Him off. I want you to, to you know whatever that is all the things that we we talked about to to put that hinge so that God can unleash the the windows of of heaven and open the windows of heaven that's my motive and so God I pray that you right now talk to us and maybe there's other people that you that maybe there's a hundred others that you used to tithe and for whatever reason maybe just got out of the habit maybe just maybe summertime and you just and just you know stop for a while I don't know maybe there's other people that that you're just saying God's saying do something just do something because a lot of a little makes a, makes a big difference and at least work towards that at least work towards something do something because then what I say again that everything that we've talked about with a miracle that happened with a blessing that the people received the people did something in that So take that first step of faith. Hopefully it's taking the first step all the way. But if you can't do that, do something. Go work towards that in some ways. But God, here's the thing. I pray you bless your people right now, that you talk to us, that let us know what what we're supposed to do. And I thank you for an incredibly obedient, generous, amazing church. And so God, I pray that you just unleash your people now in the name of Jesus Christ. And if the ushers could come forward as we take a time, because here's something i thought i just wanted every time i want us to respond in some uh, in some way and this is a great way to just respond in a very tangible way to this message thank you so much for listening to the crossroads church podcast if you'd like to listen to past crossroads church podcast you can go to mycrossroads.co slash podcast once again thanks for listening